Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. Today's episode is called Evaluations, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. So last Monday at 8 a.m., so very first class, first thing on the Monday morning, I have my second long observation. And what was funny to me was some people were like, oh my, like you're getting evaluated first thing on Monday morning? And now, let me just keep it real. I was thinking the same thing. Um, in my whole career, so this is my 13th year in education, I've never been evaluated. You know, maybe I'll have like a quick walkthrough, nothing too serious, but I never had the full evaluation. First thing on a Monday morning. So when I got this calendar invite, and it's like, uh, yes, no, my gut reaction is like saying no. I'm like, no, you, don't come in here first thing on Monday. Man, let me uh, get a minute to like, you know, teach one class, you know, dust off my vocal cords, you know, get my muscles moving. But this is my first year at this school. It's not my first year in this district, um, but it's my first year at this particular school. So I was like, well, you, you can't really uh, say no to these things. Uh, so let me just go ahead and accept this calendar invite. But I was like, man. But honestly, I don't get worried about evaluations anymore. No, I didn't particularly care for the time. But at the end of the day, I wasn't worried that I was going to get a bad evaluation. But what tends to happen um, when this time comes around, because typically principals, you know, they take that chunk of their time, you know, outside their door they have you know when they are doing their evaluations what classroom they are going to they take a few weeks and that's all they're doing is doing evaluations and people get in this whole panic mode now I was an instructional coach a literacy coach in elementary school and a high school so three years so I've seen the other side and so it is justified why some people freak out but You really just have to be prepared for this because any job you have, you're going to get evaluated. You know this because that's how you keep your job because regardless of what you do in life, people want to know that you are actually a quality, that you just didn't fake fake it till you make it in the interview and they got a a bad candidate. So they want to evaluate what you're doing. When I student taught, I student taught in rural Indiana and I had a phenomenal uh, mentor teacher and he told me, he said, look, if I can give you any piece of practical advice that you're not going to get at Purdue University, and my program at Purdue University was good. But he said, you know, in college you get a lot of tools and theory, but sometimes you don't get someone to tell you like what, what it is. He said, do the horse and pony show. He said, I don't care what anybody tells you. When you get evaluated, it is not your time to try out something new and fancy. You need to try out something that you know that will check off all those boxes that you know they're going to check. He said, read what you're going to be evaluated on. Know the category. And he said, you know, you're shooting for an effective evaluation. So that's the category you study. And make sure your lesson meets that. And he said, and make sure you've tried this out. He said, don't let that be the first time you try that type of lesson. So if you're going to do a type of activity, make sure you've done it several times. And that the class is going to be on point when they do it. And that was... I mean, he gave me a lot of good advice, but that advice I really took to heart and it was really helpful. 
So let me tell you about evaluations with me over uh, the years. Um, so let's talk about the good, because I said it's the good, the bad, and the ugly. So instead of starting with the bad stuff, I'm just going to start off good. Majority of my career, I've either earned effective or highly effective evaluations. If an evaluation is used properly, like it's supposed to be used, and I say this as a person that does have my admin license, so I went through all the stuff you were supposed to learn, you know, to evaluate other people. And I was an academic, like I'm an instructional coach, so I actually used the rubric, the form, to evaluate people just for coaching purposes, especially people I was working with that were on plans. So I'm really familiar with different rubrics that are used. If it's used properly, the evaluation should show you what you need to improve on. And even if you have an area of growth, you can still get an effective evaluation. It could be, man, I need to really work on my transitions. And I actually speak for experience. That was the one I always got dinged on. I would get affected evaluation. And it's like, you need to clean up your transitions. It's not that they were horrible, but sometimes it's just like, look, I said we are moving to such and such. Why, why is this taking so long? And you know you're getting evaluated and the students are taking forever and you trying to give them, like you're trying to speak to their subconscious. Like, look at how Mrs. Barnes is staring at you right now. Hurry up. But still, kids, they just, I don't know, they don't get it sometimes. So it gave me feedback. And so I talked to teachers who, you know, I perceived, not having been in their classroom, had their transition down. I'm like, look, I keep getting this little note. What are you doing differently? And so that kind of helped me. And actually, I got my transitions way better, even to a point where I would have evaluations. And I would say, hey, we're in quads. Move your desk and turn them to rows. And I would count it down. Actually, that was one strategy someone suggested. It's just like I would give an instruction to do something next, and then I would go do something like grab the worksheets. You know, I wasn't really exactly monitoring the transition like I would monitor everything else. And so it was like it sounded like that was just like a simple fix, but, you know, it's hard to see yourself outside of yourself. So sometimes you got to talk to someone else, and they can say, hey, Shantae, you know, this is what you really need to do. And so that is the true purpose of evaluation. It is to let the administration know that you are a good hire and to give you feedback to improve because we always want to improve. Even though I've had a highly effective evaluation, I didn't think, oh, <laughs> Shantae has arrived. I am the best educator ever. No. Even though I had that, I was still like, I'm critical of myself. Man, I could have done this better during this evaluation. I know I really need to work on this area. So that's the whole purpose of it. And that's what I think about it as. And then, like my evaluation I had last Monday, the assistant principal wrote back to me, well, how do you know, um, how do you follow up with the students on this assignment? Because at this point in time, I am a librarian. So I give really short lessons, and then the bulk of the time is kids checking out books, reading books, or getting on what I have is called a clever page. Essentially, it's like a, a website where kids can go and do stuff that I have linked to this page. And so... I've had teachers get questions, like very simple questions back, you know, that I was coaching, and they will flip out what they asked me questions for because it's their job. They're trying to have a conversation with you, and now you flipping out, going to storm out to the office talking about, well, this is what I did, and this is how I planned, and all you had to say is, oh, thanks for asking. Actually, when I replied, I said, that's a very good question, and I told him my thoughts about it, and it was cool. 
And there was no need to be getting all hyped up. And sometimes we get so... Because someone's judging you. That's that's the thing. Someone is judging you and we take it personally. And when I became a coach, I really saw how, gosh, this is going to sound probably a little bit bad, how sometimes not personal it is. As in, they don't even remember what you did. So let me just keep it real. I have one principal who I literally, um, for my evaluation in the spring, literally did the same exact lesson multiple times. I'm like, this principal is evaluating so many people, hasn't even realized that when this long observation comes out, I pull out my horse and pony show lesson that checks out all the boxes. Kids are up and moving. We're doing those perfect transitions. We on uh, the computer having an online discussion. We're creating things. We're, you know, checking off everything on Bloom's, DOK, anticipatory set, you know, doing a little bit of that transfer of knowledge, doing all of that. And I literally it was the same lesson. Principal didn't even notice, never even mentioned it. Maybe the principal noticed, didn't care. But sometimes they have to get these done because they have deadlines and then they're getting in trouble. Well, depending on the school, because I did work at one school where the principal only evaluated me one time and nothing happened to that principal, which I still don't understand to this day. Um, but most principals care about doing the evaluation because they really want to get into classrooms. Well, that's the good part. So let's talk about the bad part. The bad part is what happens if you get an evaluation that you don't like. And that's what I had to deal with year one out of the classroom. And to this day, I can tell you my uh, first year in the classroom, I was in the trick bag. And I didn't even realize what I had walked into. I'm at Purdue University. And then my one of the teachers, the teacher that was overseeing, uh, so the professor that was overseeing our uh, student teaching said, Shante, you're from Indy, right? I said, yeah. And she said, well, there's this suburb right outside of Indy that is looking for teachers of color because the suburb essentially went from 99% white and now it dropped down to around 90% white because they had built um, these cheaper uh, subdivisions in this suburb. And so people of color or uh, were moving into this suburb. So they were trying to get teachers of color. Now, when you leave college, college is all fine and dandy. Now you're really in the real world, and in the real world, you need to have a job. So I'm like, sure. I never even really thought about where I wanted to teach because I student taught in rural Indiana, and that was cool. And I'm from Indianapolis, so I said, yeah. So I interviewed several places, and long story short, I actually got that job that I was recruited for. But the principal that hired me is not the principal I ended up having. What I didn't understand coming out of college is that whole concept that you are employed by the school district. You are not employed by the school. So what happened to me was I was supposed to go to one school and then shortly before the school year started, they said, oh, you're going to this other school. And the other school principal did not want me because I was put there by the superintendent of the school district. And I didn't even find out the whole backstory to this until about year 10 when I ran into the principal that had originally hired me because I never like they never even gave me a why. They just said you're now at this school. And I ran into this principal and I was just like, could they have been burning me up? Like, why did this happen? And the principal essentially explained what happened um, because so I was just like, wow. So the principal just didn't care for me. And. You know, I was doing all those great, like, multicultural and diversity lesson plans that I had created at Purdue, and I was implementing them, and I was getting complaints um, from the white parents. 
I had a few that were like, my kids never had a black teacher. I love what you're doing. But I had a lot of white parents that were just like, huh, as one parent said, I was trying to indoctrinate their children with my viewpoints. I'm like, yeah, come on in. Cause, and then, you know, I had learned how to do Socratic seminars. So we all in the circle. We talking about stuff. I'm not telling the kids anything. I'm like, we're just putting ideas out here and asking questions, talking about it. And what really pissed me off, I'm like, you up for saying I'm indoctrinating your children, but you haven't once came and sat in my class. And I invite you to come inside. But these people opened the principal's ear. And so I started getting like knees, uh, knees improved on my evaluation. I said, and then, and then the part that ticked me off, okay, I need improvement. So come and help me improve. Oh, you don't you don't have nobody available to come help me, but you want me to improve. I'm just supposed to magically do it by myself. And I'll tell you to this day, I, I don't not that I was saying I was like the best teacher year one, but I don't think those needs improvements were justified. I think it was vindictive. And because I came to that conclusion in February of that school year, I put in my resignation. I put in my resignation saying I wasn't going to return. I did finish out the school year. But I was like, you know what? I, I don't have I don't have time for this. You know, I know, you know, it's Black History Month. I know I actually put on my Twitter and Instagram account at Educator Barnes. I talked about how both of my grandmothers wanted to be teachers. And so it was really hard for me to decide to resign um, in February during Black History Month during my first year of teaching because I'm like, my one grandmother really wanted to be a teacher, but that just wasn't going to happen. She had, had already had kids. She had to work to take care of her family. My other grandmother actually went to Indiana State University, did a year of college, but then um, was uh, became pregnant and wasn't able to finish. And so I have these two people that I actually love and admire who wanted to do something but barriers, life, preventing them. And here I am year one quitting because I'm just like, I'm not going to deal with this. And I, and I, I, I really went back and forth on it because I'm like, no, I should stay here and just push on. Now that I'm like, no, it's, it's, it's just not worth it. And it really wasn't worth it because the next year I actually went uh, to work at Indy and I ended up working at a, um, a charter school and it was a much, much better experience. So the bad is when you get this bad evaluation and you're trying to figure out how can I get back to a good evaluation? How can I get to effective? Because essentially, if you get, you know, uh, evaluation that's not good, then you end up on a plan. And I have been, I have coached teachers who have been on a plan. And I've seen two situations. Situation one, the teacher getting the marks that the teacher received was justified. The teacher has some areas where the teacher really needs to grow. And then I'm sitting in as the coach to help the teacher improve. And the teacher improves and the evaluation gets better. So that's like a bad situation that turns to good. And that's what evaluation is supposed to be used for. It's supposed to be like, hey, here you are and this is how you can move upwards and move forward. But i also seen uh, it when it is justified and then the, the teacher doesn't get any help. And that was frustrating to me. I found myself in a situation where I was coaching high school and, and I came to be a literacy coach. And they're like, oh, and um, Shantae, we also want you to work with the uh, social studies teachers and the science teachers. Now, I have five licenses on my um, my teacher's license or whatever. Um, neither one is history and neither one is science. And I love science. I'm a board member for an organization in Indy called the STEM Connection. I absolutely love science and even consider uh, being a science teacher. So I do have some knowledge base, but high school is a little different. High school is extremely specialized. Like one of the teachers was teaching advanced chemistry and biology. And I know some biology. I took advanced biology in high school, but me taking advanced biology in 
the late 90s, early 2000s does not equate to me being an effective coach for you. And so when you have people that are on these plans and are trying to improve and either they get a resource that's not a good resource. And I will admit I was not a good resource for those teachers because that wasn't my knowledge bank. And you want to piss off secondary teachers, send them somebody who does not have the content knowledge to go help them. What I was able to offer were some classroom management strategies. And at the end of the day, those colleagues I had that I worked with, they respected me. They knew um, I was put in a situation that I didn't want to be in and knew I shouldn't have been in. And they were respectful and they did their best. And I tried my best to provide resources that were helpful. But I couldn't, like when the, the one teacher said, well, Ashante, I know you may not be able to help, but I'm going to ask, you know, this is our PLC time. How, how can I make my dissection lessons more effective? Look, straight crickets, because I don't know. And that's why I had to say, I, I mean, I don't really know. So the one area I did help was, you know, with she had like these lesson cards that the kids were doing. So I kind of explained how maybe the issue could be their ability to read because literacy is my area so i know that a lot of kids in in that school was struggling was reading comprehension so i gave her some strategies for that but when you're talking about how to make the dissection overall more effective i, I don't know and so when teachers are on plans and they get people who cannot help them and then they lose their jobs or get moved to another school because that's what we like to do in education. We know someone's struggling, but instead of helping them, we just pass the trash. We pass the book. We just say, hey, you know, and then give them a nice little general evaluation. No, don't don't praise them too high. Don't take them too low because if I actually tell the truth, I may actually have to keep this person and deal with them. So I just give, I say what's good enough to get the next principal to accept them. And so... Hopefully, I hope when that happens and the person goes to the other school, I hope the next principal, even though they're like, man, look what I got, which, man, set me up. At least I hope the person helps that teacher because at the end of the day, when we do stuff like that and we are not helping teachers improve and using that evaluation as the way it's supposed to be used, the person that gets hurt the most is our students. And we have to do better than that. So let's talk about the ugly. Let's talk about when your principal is coming for you, because I've seen that. I was when I was coaching teacher, I had a principal said um, to me, and I'm not making this up. Do not help that teacher because I want that teacher gone. And was to the point where uh, I found out that I was actually being watched on the video camera to see if I was actually even going into this individual's room. So, look, teaching is my calling. I felt like I was a good coach, even actually last week, and I'll probably talk about this on another podcast. I ended up talking to several, just happening in one day, several people I used to coach because now I'm just kind of their mentors. So they reach out to me and we talk. I check, I check in on them, see how things are going, try to give them tips when I can. And I'm like, I, I morally just can't do that. But it, it was putting me in the situation was, what if I got caught helping? And like the person, I'm like, and then I got kind of a little pissed off. I'm like, why am I even in this situation where I'm worrying about getting caught helping a teacher? Like, what type of culture have you set in this building where you're setting those type of parameters? Uh, long story short, I, d- I did help the person. I just had to get uh, creative about it, um, which I will not detail here because, look, I can't be putting all, all my business out here. But I did help the person, and I ignored the directive. And the person was able to get an okay evaluation but I hate 
when people do that because that's not right. First of all, you shouldn't be going after anybody because I believe what you put out there is going to come back to you. And secondly, once again, it hurts our students. And so I've seen that happen. And I had another teacher um, I was coaching who was bad and who I thought should not be a teacher like at all. But when I sat down with this teacher and the teacher's telling me the story about the, uh, the teacher's career, I was like, hmm, you've never been helped. So you have what has been reinforced is bad teaching practices. And when I talked to the principal about this individual, I said, how, is, how has this person been in your building? Principal's response was I couldn't give her to everybody. And at least, and at least here's my favorite one, because I've heard it from a couple friends, well, at least the person shows up most, most almost every day. I'm like, is Joe up to work the, the threshold nowadays? And so I try my best to help this person, but the person was resistant because the person was very aware that the principal did not want this person in the building anymore. So the principal was just like, uh, the person was just like, I don't really care about what you're trying to do to help me because I'm just going to do what I want to do because the principal don't want me here anyway. And so now this situation is getting really ugly and now it's getting really petty. And I've seen all types of pettiness where, you know, principals and, I, and when I'm talking to other uh, people I used to uh, coach with, you know, or principals have made them come in at awkward times and sit there and watch them. Like my job as a coach is not to sit there and watch somebody because you want to kind of make them feel some type of way. And I don't like to be involved in those type of situations. So when I'm talking to uh, coach people I used to coach with and they're telling me they've been put in these situations or they've been or as coaches, we have to take notes. And I like teachers to feel like what we're doing is confidential. But sometimes you have principals who want to take that stuff and use that in evaluation. And my notes are for me so I can go back and look at the resources I have to help that teacher. And so that's how stuff gets ugly when now the person you sent to allegedly help them is reporting back. And so the first thing I had to do when I was a coach is realize some people just think I'm a snitch. And I didn't even do anything. And actually, it had nothing to do with me. It actually had to do with prior prior experience. So I had to spend almost the first whole quarter convincing teachers that I wasn't here to snitch on them. That if they told me that I do not know how to teach these phonics, I do not know how to teach kids how to read, that they didn't have the fear that I was going to tell them that I was actually going to get the resources to help them improve. So when the principal came in, they were going to shine because that was my job. But in some schools, the evaluation comes into this ugly thing where some principals feel like a certain percentage of the teachers have to be uh, needs improvement or ineffective, and a certain amount of their teachers should be, you know, uh, needs to get uh, they need to get rid of them, and that makes it, it changes the culture of the school, and it makes the school almost like this fear-based thing that when the administrator walks in, it's like I'm gonna get you. I I don't feel like that nowadays, and I it's funny. Um, I worked when I worked with younger teachers. They just find me hilarious. They just kind of nervously laugh at me because I just be keeping it real. They, uh, one teacher talking to me he's like, Shante, the the principal walked in and I was sitting down. I was like, and? I mean, sometimes you gotta sit down occasionally. Like if I'm having to sit down on my computer, I do not hop up because the principal walked in. I'll finish whatever I'm doing and then I get back to what I was about to do next. I'm I'm not changing up because you walked in. I'm I'm just keeping it authentic. And when and then I say, now you hopped up, you made it seem like you were doing something you weren't supposed to do. You know, maybe I went to my email to pull up a list of kids I have to send at this time and I didn't have it printed out. 
or maybe I just went over there because schools communicate a lot during the day via email and between classes is not enough time to even check especially when people show up to pick up their classes late and you don't have that time in between classes or when I was teaching secondary that pass period that five minutes is more like one minute so it's not enough time many times to get the things done I don't feel any, any type of way and I actually uh, especially when I was teaching middle school I would sit with my students a lot to the point where the first will play the guessing game where is Shantae because what I like to do I'm one of those people that I have to move. I'm a fidgeter and I can't really stand still. And if you ever see me, it's like when people come see me in the library, they will tell you I'm at the front, I'm in the middle, I'm in the back. I I know I fidget, so I walk and move because I need to do that for my own sanity. But I would frequently just sit at different groups. And actually, when I had my students move the desk from, we did rows, quads, and trios. So they knew three different movements. There are about two or three groups that always had to have a seat that was blank for me because I would come and just sit and pop in a random seat and teach from there and talk to the students because we did a lot of discussions and we also did it where we like we did a U and we did a circle. So I could just sit down anywhere and just talk and it was just great because I don't feel like you have to be the stage on the stage, stand in the middle, spotlight on you to be an effective teacher. Because you can be standing up there not saying too much of anything. It's about are you teaching? And so I don't let I don't let those little things make me afraid. When they come in, and I'm, I'm getting with a kid because they're not doing right. I don't feel like, oh, I, I need to tone it back because the, the principal don't walked in. I, I don't move. And then at the end of the day, this is what I say. Look, let's just say, God forbid, I am doing something that the principal, system principal doesn't like. Guess what? They're going to tell me. Guess what? I'm going to do it differently. And guess what? I'm not going to think about it past that. Because if I'm in a situation, because I did write the article, Teachers Quit Principles, Not Schools, where I feel like you're going to come for me, I'm going to let you know that I'm an effective educator and I can't get hired somewhere else. Even if you try to do something like not give me a reference. And actually, the year I got a highly effective, uh, one of the years I got a highly effective evaluation was the year that I quit the principal that, that I wrote the article about. And the principal, and what I didn't say in the article, which some people know that know like more about the story than what I wrote, I actually quit that school during the school year. That didn't happen like at the end of the school year. And the principal was pretty pissed about it. And the principal was like, well, I'm not going to give you a reference letter. And, you know, you know, if someone's called, I'll do my best to give a response. Which was pretty much saying that I may ignore a call. Whatever. I get that you pissed I'm leaving the middle of school year. But when you make statements like no one has a gun to your head and you don't have to be here and you thought that you could just say stuff like that and, and people are just going to be like, oh, 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 okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Shantae Moore's not the one for that. So I'll let you know real quick. I had three job offers mid-year and two of them I didn't even interview for. Just people had heard that I was unhappy and they're like, hey, Shantae, come to my school. So if you're doing what you're supposed to do your reputation will outweigh any foolishness or anybody that was trying to get you and what's interesting what i didn't say and maybe i should write a follow-up to the article i didn't i did end up talking to that principal years later because after that i mean it was literally one thing you know chuck the deuce i'm out uh don't if you see me you see me but i saw this principal i did speak to this principal and what was interesting not saying that the principal apologized but the principal sort of around the way kind of said that, you know, 
you know, maybe some things could have been differently, but still using that word maybe was like, yeah, you still still not going to cop to your, your part in, in the culture that you said and the reason that people of color, people that look like me, was bouncing mid-year and that the district really didn't really do anything and look look into it. And at that point, you know, I had another job. I was like, oh, I ain't got time to be getting involved and trying to, and maybe that's horrible. And I know I tried to look out for the people that's coming from behind me, but sometimes when when it's like, if I stay here one more minute, I may pop off. It's like, no, no, no. Let me, let me just, let me just get out and just go on to uh, to another pasture. I'm not saying it's greener because honestly, I've been in a few districts. I've been uh, suburbs, traditional public schools, charter schools, and in Indianapolis we have Indianapolis public schools and we have the township schools, which is not suburbs. It's just within Indianapolis. Read some of my articles. I spun all that stuff. But I've been in different school settings, and what I found out. The grass is almost the same green. Because I actually was asked by one of the teachers I used to coach with, what's the grass greener? You know, me going back to the district I'm currently in. And I said, no, the grass is the same. I just, I'm just more equipped to manage it. And that's really how I feel. Because when I was first in the district that I'm currently in, this district is intense. There's a lot of very high standards. And I just felt like I was always competing with people. And people, well, some people were jerks. And I'm just going to come out and say it. And I know that there are people from my district that currently follow me online, which is interesting. They started following me online when I came back. Didn't have two words to say to me when I was there previously, but whatever. You know, so if they hear it, you know, and like I said, I got I repeatedly said I don't say anything on my podcast, in articles, in my vlog. That wouldn't say to anybody's face. And the people who, uh, those, those people know how I feel about them. So it, it, it is what it is. But I, I, I just... I just don't let those things bother me. I just know what the evaluation is supposed to be used for, and I hope that the principal is using it for that purpose. And if the principal is not, then I do what I can to protect myself. If that means, you know, sitting down with the principal and a union rep, which I had to do one time, when I had a principal trying to put me on a plan um, because of my attendance, which had nothing to do with my effectiveness. My, my favorite part was when the union rep is like, so how can you... Uh, you know, you don't need to be worrying about Shantae's attendance when you have people here that are here 100% of the time and their data is way lower than hers. So that pretty much shut it down and I didn't get put on no little. They wanted to put me on some lesson plan plan over my attendance, which made no sense. And I was just like, no, be good. I'm just going to bring in my a union rep. And what was interesting because the principal was all like, I thought we were, yeah, I didn't say that we weren't cool. But now you're trying to have me do uh, extra stuff and go through all these extra hoops. I'm not going for that. I know what my rights are. Look, my daddy was a union rep when I was a kid. I, I'm, I'm well versed in what I, what you can and can't do. And right here, you playing games. And since you want to play games, I can play games too. So uh, we will continue this in, uh, when I have my rep and you have your little person. And, like, I already knew what, how it was going to come out. Because, to me, there was really one option of how it was going to come out. That I was going to have to do this foolishness, and I didn't. Because, I mean, I'm the type of person, I don't fight every battle because everything isn't worth fighting about. But when you up on some ridiculous stuff and inconvenience me and making my life more difficult over something that you're mad about. Because at the end of the day, even now, I miss more days of school than I would have liked. But my, uh, 
My sons have appointments that they need to be at, and I have twin sons, and we can't do them on the same day. And my husband and I are rotating the appointments, and I've had years where they've had more appointments. My, my sons were born 10 weeks early, and so I, we were at, my husband and I had to go to an appointment jointly yesterday for one of my sons. And I just said in the appointment, I said, every year we're seeing a specialist for something. Because even though my twins are identical, one of my sons has a condition that his identical brother does not have. And so just like, oh, we got to see a specialist for this. We have to make a decision. And sometimes both of us need to be there because they're saying some important information. And my husband and I, we each have our own relationship with our child. So we're sitting here and have to make a decision on like a plan for our child. We both need to be there. And at the end of the day, if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, if I'm effective, you shouldn't be trying to come after me for that, especially over some stuff I can't control. Because at the end of the day, and I, uh, when I talked about uh, last week about the superintendent putting the superintendent end up resigning because she passed off a, a student as her child. So at the end of the day, I'm not putting anybody else's kids over my kids, point blank, period. I will tell any administrator that. So the moment you start saying that, we're going to have problems. But I'm like one of those low-key people. I really keep to myself. So even though you sound like I'm so hyped up on the podcast or in my articles, I'm pretty chill. I'm, I'm really pretty chill. Like, if you don't bother Shantae, Shantae's not going to have anything to say to you. Well, if you start coming at me with some foolishness, then you will meet, uh, you will, you will get to meet the fullness of Shantae. And I, I try to keep keep all that on a lot. I try to keep it all professional and stuff. But I, I can come with it and still be professional. Okay? So hopefully this was helpful. Um, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Hopefully you're in a school where the evaluation is being used properly. If it's not, stand up for yourself and ask for stuff. If they're telling you you need to approve, you should demand them give you resources to help you improve. Because how dare you as an administrator write down a teacher that has to approve, needs to approve, and you don't have the resources or the structure to help that, help that teacher. You can't model something. You can't send a coach to model them. You can't send them to a classroom so they can observe someone that's doing the thing well that you want them to improve in. If you're not doing that, then you're not doing your job as a principal. Because when I went, th- and granted, I have not been an administrator.